The title of message four is The Intrinsic Element of Our Work in Carrying Out the New Testament Economy, Ministering the Building and Builded God. The, the title, I think, rather clearly indicates uh, the truth and also the experiences in this message that we will consider are really, truly deep. We know from Ephesians 3 that there's a sequence to the to Christ as the dimensions, the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. And so when we have the governing vision, there is breadth and length. And then when we begin to have the experiences, there is both height in the sense we are lifted up in our spirit into another realm, the divine and mystical realm, even in the heavenlies where we are seated with Christ. And then there is the depth. And so before I go through the outline, I want to take maybe 15 or 20 minutes to just present some crucial matters that hopefully this will give us a clear sky and enable us to walk through the outline with a significant degree of understanding and assimilation. And so, the first part in the title is the intrinsic element of our work, our work. And it might be easy for the listeners to grasp what I have in mind by our work if I'm giving a message to co-workers or full-time serving ones. But this is the conference for the churches and the saints, for all of us members of the body. Yet, I still want to use this expression, our work. And as I was considering the way to present this message, I just had the thought of whether it's valid or not, the Lord will expose. But when many saints hear this about the work or our work, just the thought may be in them that, how does this apply to me? I'm an ordinary person. I have my job or my responsibilities at home. I take care of my family. I'm active in the church. 
I love the Lord, I seek the Lord, but the work, look in Acts 13, the Spirit set aside or called and told the brothers to set aside Barnabas and call for the work. And then they were sent out and they went into Europe. And of course, the work in that sense is carried out by those whom the Spirit manifests and burdens to really devote their time and energy to the Lord's work. And the goal of the work is the proper organic increase of the church as the testimony of Jesus. More saved, more churches raised up, more perfecting of the saints. So there could be in some kind of a lingering concept in a modified way regarding clergy laity. And we're so clear that in the Lord's recovery, there is no clergy like in the denominations. Uh, there are no, therefore, there are no lay people, just the ordinary people who have jobs. And like in the denominations, they come on a Lord's Day morning and sit there, maybe sing, and then the professional, the clergy person, gives the sermon and directs everything. And of course, that system, objectively and practically, has just been utterly driven out. Or we, we could say we have come out of that. We're all just brothers and sisters, members of the body. But still, when certain saints, some saints, think about elders, they honor the elders, and still there may be this thought, well, they're another class. We don't call them clergy, but they're a, a higher class, and I'm here, a kind of ordinary person. And then there could be the same lingering thought regarding brothers ministering the word, and even more, with brothers and sisters in the work. And inwardly, there could be this residue of our mind being renewed concerning we're all members of the body. There's no clergy laity system here. So to help us under the Spirit's leading and God's enlightening to take a further step to completely nullify any elements in our being lurking there of clergy laity. 
I would like to spend a little time in Ephesians 4. And in verse, four, chapter, uh, verse 11, we're told that Christ himself, the ascended Christ, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as shepherds and teachers. These are gifts to the body, members of the body that have a particular function and they're given as a gift, not as a level high up in the hierarchy. There's no hierarchy. It's a gift. And what are they given for? Not to do all the work while the rest just support them and pray for them. No. They are for the perfecting of the saints. That is their responsibility. Not to replace the saints. Not to do a work that excludes the saints. But to perfect the saints. To supply them. To equip them. To minister to them in a sense, to train them unto the work of the ministry. The saints, the work of the ministry. If you are a saint, which obviously you are, you have a portion in the work of the ministry. You don't have to have attended a Bible college, a seminary. We shouldn't have the thought that those who graduate from an FTT somewhere, they're in another category. No, they're only saints that have been trained for a period of time. The work of the ministry is carried out by all the perfected saints. And the title of the message in using the words our work is referring to this. Our work. It's called the work of the ministry, comma, unto the building up of the body of Christ. This is what in grammar is called apposition. The two are equal. The work of the ministry is the building up of the body of Christ. And I may come back to this verse, but I just want to read verse 16 with a brief comment. Out from whom, that is Christ the head, all the body, 
being joined together and being knit together through every joint of the rich supply and through the operation in the measure of each one part causes the growth of the body unto the building up of itself in love. So the body is building itself up in love through every part, every member. And every member is carrying out the work of the ministry, the building up of the body of Christ. So back to verse 12. I want to emphasize this. The ascended Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd and teachers not to be a higher or different class among the believers, but members of the body who have been worked on by the Lord and given a commission Again, not to do some big major work, but to care for the saints. They are the ones who will build up the body of Christ directly. You need to supply them, equip them in every way, minister to them. And this will enable them to function organically as members as God has placed them in the body. And no matter what member we are, we all are carrying out the same work, our work, the work of the ministry. I think I've emphasized uh, perhaps somewhat sufficiently, that the work of the ministry is the building up of the body of Christ. Now let me focus on what do we mean by ministry here? The work of the ministry. Since the saints are doing the work and the work is the work of the ministry, then we need to know what the ministry is. And this is what we will cover when we come to the outline, but we're moving in that direction. In order to understand what ministry is, we need to study 2 Corinthians. And that epistle has as its subject the new covenant ministry and the new covenant ministers. And it would require a lengthy conference to fully develop this. But in 2 Corinthians, this ministry has three aspects. In chapter 3, the ministry of the Spirit. 
That is the all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. The ministry of righteousness. That is ministering Christ as our subjective righteousness that has been wrought into our being and is expressed as we live and walk according to the Spirit. And the third aspect is in chapter 5, the ministry of reconciliation in two steps. Sinners being reconciled to God through the death of Christ for our sins. And then Paul goes on to say to the church in Corinth, be reconciled to God. Live to God. No longer live to yourself. That is a much deeper and developed reconciliation. And the goal is that we become absolutely one with God. We are dwelling in him and he is dwelling in us. Then based upon this, we see two other matters in 2 Corinthians. The first is in chapter 1, verse 9, about the apostles saying that we, un we were under pressure to such an extent we just knew we would die. But the God of resurrection lifted us up. The New Testament ministry is in resurrection. There's no place for natural ability, natural intelligence, or eloquence. Everything is in resurrection. So the work of the ministry for which we are all being perfected is carried out not by natural ability but by the God of resurrection who has built himself into our being. And then now comes to a very crucial point that will lead us further into the topic of this particular message. What do the New Covenant ministers minister? They minister the triune God who has been built into them. They have been constituted with the process and consummated triune God. And when they minister, they're not merely teaching, but they are ministering the process and consummated triune God that is the constituent of their inner being. In other words, they are ministering what they are in Christ and what Christ is in them. When the saints 
are perfected unto the work of the ministry, they not only learn the truths, even the highest vision, the highest truth, they learn and to recognize the need for God to be the God of resurrection in them and with them and to experience little by little having the cross deal with natural constitution and bring our being into resurrection. And then all the saints being in the central work of God are day by day experiencing this central work of God in Christ as the Spirit building himself into them, making his home in them. So the intrinsic element of our work in carrying out the New Testament economy, God's plan and arrangement to dispense himself, is ministering the building and builded God. This is the central point. If we all can advance in our spiritual understanding of this point, I believe we will all be supplied and I believe we'll all be encouraged. Okay. Let's have Ephesians 4.12 in mind. Please, brothers and sisters, have it in your mind. The gifts perfect the saints unto the work of the ministry. And this ministry dispenses the processed and consummated triune God who is the building God, meaning he is actively building himself into us. So we minister this God we desire that the saints would know this aspect of God. Today, dear ones, the triune God wants to do a building work in you, making his home in your heart. And then we have the builded God. Well, what do we mean by the builded God? It is the triune God who has been built into us to become our life, our life supply, and our constitution. He truly makes us God-men. And man, God. We're the same as God in many ways. Life, nature, in various attributes, being our virtues, 
but not in the Godhead, not as an object of worship. So when we minister mainly by fellowshipping, prophesying, also by praying, as we're praying, the saints are there, hopefully saying amen, truly, genuinely. Because as you're praying, the builded God is being ministered to all who hear and are one with your prayer. So a little more about this. This is the intrinsic element of our work. The building and builded God. And so now we are, and you could say the final step of this little conference. Well, maybe it's not little, but it's limited, meaning to four messages. We see the need to be governed by the central vision, the heavenly vision, the central vision of Paul's completing ministry. And this vision motivates us to cooperate with God because another aspect of this central vision is that the processed and consummated triune God desires to work himself into us to be the contents of our tripartite being. And then this leads us to concentrating on the central work of God and our spiritual progress, that is our growth in life, is according to the extent to which we experience the central work of God in us. God's way, as it was with the apostles, is to gain persons, to bring them into resurrection. And then the persons he has gained and is gaining now can truly be useful to him. They were consecrated to allow him to work in them and through them. And they have been consecrated to allow the Lord to direct their steps in every aspect of their human life, Christian life, church life. And then this brings us to the highest peak here. And now we are in outline for itself. The intrinsic element of our work is the building and building God. And decades ago, when Brother Lee was training us in the early years concerning 
serving in the church in a practical way in any number of things. In, in Eldon Hall, we would come together maybe about 8 o'clock in the morning in the hall and pray and fellowship. Then for the next three or four hours, not the whole day, three or four hours, we are in various serving groups. And this was the point brotherly emphasized. As we are engaged in this practical service, mowing the lawn, uh, serving in the book sales, and brothers that are skillful report, uh, repairing things, making the plans for children's meeting, teaching the children. While we are carrying out these necessary practical matters outwardly, intrinsically, we are ministering life to one another. We're ministering life mutually. And the expression ministering life is a simplified way of talking about the intrinsic aspect of our service is not the outward things. It's not just mopping the floor of the meeting hall or washing the windows or cleaning the lavatory or doing some painting. That is the outward opportunity, those practical needs for which we do not hire a janitor or a repair person. The saints serve in all these ways. But the reason for it is to minister life to one another for the building up of the church as the body of Christ. And in, at that time, 50 years ago, Brother Lee had to be simple with us. We were like spiritual children. But his ministry among us developed until it reaches the highest peak of the divine revelation and a thorough unfolding of God's New Testament economy. And now we see that to minister life, this life is the process and consummated triune God in Christ, building himself into us, becoming our life, our nature, and our constituents. The more this happens, the more we minister to others, God as the building God, opening the way for them to have this experience and shepherding them in this experience of experiencing God in Christ building himself into you. And then the builded God 
the God who has become us, when we open our mouth to speak, not only with our spirit, but with a purified spirit that has passed through the stage of dealing with the spirit, so when our spirit flows out to our soul, it is pleasant, it is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, other attributes. And as we fellowship with one another, as we function in the meetings on the Lord's Day or in home meetings, in mutuality, we are ministering the building and builded God to one another. Then, of course, in shepherding saints and guiding new ones, and we'll see at the end of the outline, even in our gospel preaching, we are declaring the gospel governed by the heavenly vision, the central work of God. So please bear with me as I read the title again. The intrinsic element of our work. What is, in, what is essential? What is at the core of it? In carrying out the New Testament economy. This intrinsic element is ministering the building and builded God. I want to say again. The gifts are given to the body for perfecting the saints unto the work of the ministry. Here's an illustration, a real live illustration. A few weeks ago, uh, a brother, I think in his early 30s, he's married, he has children, and he wanted to have fellowship concerning this. We, he said, we long for the Lord to come. And we want to be among the first fruits that are raptured. We surely desire to be, become overcomers and be part of the bride and be with him when he returns. But then he went on to say, but here we have a family, we have children. Will they be ready to go if we're raptured? What should we do? And he wanted fellowship about this. Well, of course, I don't have an answer. I can't give any method or instructions. I could just minister a little of God to him and on behalf of God. Brother, I don't know. No one knows what, would, what might happen if the parents are raptured. But I believe in our Father God. Our Father. 
He cares for every one of our children. I simply trust and believe in our Father God, who is life itself, who is love, who is light. And how you raise your children, even whether or not you have more children, I have nothing to say. That's between you and your spouse and the Lord. That I could just try to point him, not only to the Lord Jesus, but to God the Father. Then just a day or two ago, he sent me an email. And as I was reading his email, I could tell it was just maybe one full paragraph. The brother in writing this was in the Lord. He was one with the Lord. He was in fellowship with the Lord. He was in oneness with the body. And then he, he shared his encouragement and his realization that our God will care, take care of everything. But here is my point. This brother, more than 45 years younger than I am, ministered God to me in that email. This has happened countless times. No one even knows it's going on. No one is doing this purposely. Like, I'm going to minister the building God into you right now. Get ready. No. We're, that isn't the real thing. But sisters and brothers of various ages, different parts of the world, have ministered God to me. This is mutual. This is a principle of the body. Please don't entertain the thought that it's only a small number of brothers who give conference messages or speak in the training or travel when it's suitable to fly again. Well, they're ministering. They're doing the work. Well, they're doing it according to their measure and portion. But essentially, we're all the same as co-workers of God and fellow ministers. Everyone who has experienced the central work of God can minister the building and builded God into others. As they're fellowshipping, praying, prophesying, this process in consummated trying God is flowing, and the building God dispenses himself into these dear ones. And furthermore, the triune God who has been built into you, who is making his home in your heart, 
you minister this God, the builded God, who has been, who has worked himself into your being. Yes, we are all still a work in progress, but we minister according to what we have. And the more we minister, the more room there is for the Lord to build himself into us more. Okay, now we go through the outline and most of the points will speak for themselves, hopefully, in the light of what I've been sharing now, not for 15 or 20 minutes, but 40 minutes. Roman number one, in every aspect of our work, preaching the gospel, feeding the believers, establishing churches, perfecting the saints, the intrinsic element must be that we minister the building and builded God into others. If we desire that, if we realize that God desires to work himself into his chosen people, then the goal of our work will be to minister the building and builded God into others so that the triune God may build himself into their being. We cannot build the triune God into someone's being. The triune God does this himself, but he does this through members of the body, ministering him as the building and builded God. The subpoints one through four. The crucial matter in our work in the Lord's recovery is to minister the building and builded God. The crucial matter. There are many other matters that are indispensable, they're necessary. Surely it's the Lord's burden that we raise up churches throughout the United States where there are no golden lampstands and where we may move there to strengthen churches that are already there. This is a burden from the Lord. The more increase, the better. But all of that kind of labor is for the central matter to minister the building and builded God. Two, the God whom we worship and minister to others is the process and consummated triune God embodied in Christ and realized as the Spirit. Three, God is building himself into his redeemed people in order to produce a house, the church, the body of Christ, the enlargement of Christ, the embodiment of the triune God realized as the Spirit. Four, such a revelation 
Now this is part of the central vision. Such a revelation should become a principle that governs our understanding of God and of God's building. May the Lord really shine on this point and shine into us that this revelation becomes a governing principle. It governs our understanding of God and our understanding of God's building. In 1977 and 78, the church in Anaheim suffered severely through a group that eventually became quite a large group of very dear sisters. All of them precious sisters. Whether they're still here or not, they're still precious sisters in Christ. But they had a distorted concept of building and eventually what they tried to do corporately became a cancer. That was Brother Lee's direction. They would boast and declare, come into the building. We're in the building. It was altogether a counterfeit. We need to know to understand God and God's building according to this revelation being a governing principle in all of our service. B, we should consider the work we are doing for the Lord and ask how much of Christ as the embodiment of the triune God has been wrought into those whom we have brought to the Lord. Wonderful, you brought these ones to the Lord. Or you're helping care for some that others brought to the Lord. And you have them in your home and you spend time with them. And you pray for them. And have a heart for them. But we should follow Brother Lee's suggestion. We should ask the Lord. Lord, am I ministering the building and builded God to these dear ones? We shouldn't try to figure this out ourselves. We can't. Lord, I, I want this to be the crucial part of my service. Have I done have I done this at all? Lord, lead me, perfect me, train me to do this. See, we need to practice one thing to minister the process and consummated triune God into others so that he may build himself into their inner man. We need to pray that the Lord will teach us to work in this way. Brother Lee spoke words like this in the semi-annual training on the life study 
of First and Second Samuel. Our brother has been with the Lord for almost 24 years. It was close to 30 years ago he ministered this. And I just gently inquire. Only the Lord knows. I can only ask. How many brothers and sisters prayed like this? How many co-workers throughout the earth, very experienced, faithful brothers, many among them mature brothers, also mature sisters. And yes, we do our best to follow Brother Lee's ministry in a proper way. But what about this prayer? Lord, teach me to work in this way. Once I finished this message in about 20 or a few minutes more than 20, in one sense, I have fulfilled my responsibility as best as I'm able to. I know it's, it's short. And I'm responsible for what I say. And dear ones, you're responsible for what you hear and what you see. I wonder, one day from now, a week from now, a month, a year from now, will anyone be that burdened concerning the central work of God and the intrinsic element of our work, of the ministry, that they pray time and time again, Lord, train me to work in this way. When I'm with the children, serving the young people, I'm in children's meeting. I'm with the junior high and high schoolers, with the college-age students, uh, college-age saints, or with any group, any saints. Lord, what am I doing is it only, you could say, fellowship, but it's so much shallow? Where's the substance, the content? Lord, fulfill what you have released through the minister of the age, the central work of God. And this is the work of the ministry for all the saints. That includes me. I just want to do my part, Lord. Okay. Then point D. When we build the church with the process and consummated triune God, it is not actually we 
who are building. Rather, God is building through us, using us as a means to dispense and transmit himself into others. So we are clear. We are ministering the building and builded God to others. The goal, build up the church as the house of God, the body of Christ, the one new man, the kingdom, the counterpart, the bride, the army. Lord, we cannot do the actual building. Lord, you said, I will build my church. But now we need to see God is building through us, using us as, as means to dispense and transmit himself into others. This is the work of the ministry. To dispense, to impart, to transmit the building and builded God into others. And as we are ministering in this way through our fellowship, or our praying, or our prophesying, or our giving a little message, or a lengthy message. The Spirit causes the building God to enter into those dear ones. Then our portion stops. Now the building and builded God in them does the direct building. But if the Lord does not have very many saints all over the earth being the channel, the means for him to do this, we could pray day and night, Lord, build the church, build the body. Nothing will happen because the God, the way God ordained on the intrinsic side or the intrinsic aspect is to minister the building and builded God into others. The more we do this mutually, <clears throat> the more the Lord will build himself into us and by so doing, build up the church as the house of God, the dwelling place of God, and above all, the body of Christ. <clears throat> okay, point two. As we work for God today, we should participate in God's building. The constitution of the divine element into the human element and of the human element into the divine element. God is building himself into us. 
God is building us into him. A, as the divine element is constituted into our humanity, we become God in life and in nature, but not in the Godhead. And as the human element is constituted into God, God becomes man. The Godhead doesn't change, but economically, as he did in Christ, God became man. This is the building revealed in the New Testament. This is the real building. B, in the Lord's recovery, our work must be part of this mutual constitution. Okay, our work. The work of the ministry. The building up of the body. And, and our work, as we've been talking about, must be part of this mutual constitution. We are ministering God in this way, and God builds himself into others, and God builds these others in their humanity into himself. One, if our work is not related to the mutual constitution, then in the eyes of God, our work is like wood, grass, and stubble. On that day, the day we all stand before the Son of Man, all of our work, all of our service, will be tested by fire. God himself is the consuming fire. And throughout religious Christianity, all kinds of works are taking place. All kinds. And some of their outwardly successful. They have what's called mega churches. Thousands of people television programs, all of this. Wood, grass, and stubble, all burned. But let's leave the religious system to the Lord. What about us? The years that I was in Anaheim before, in the early years, when Brother Lee was carrying out his ministry, and before he asked me to, to move to Irving to be with other serving ones, every Thursday morning at 8.30 till about 12 or 12.30, I would be in his study, sitting with him. And after the life study training on 1 Corinthians, someone did a painting of some material being burned in fire. And underneath was some of the verses concerning everything will be tried by fire. 
And Brother Lee himself said, this is his personal concern, that his work would pass the test of fire. And at least one time he pointed it and said, it's there for a reason to remind me. I was ministering along this line as part of an elder's training in Brazil in 2002 about the proper work, just ministering the truth. And one of the leaders there, he immediately said, oh, all my work is with gold, silver, and precious stones. Oh, Lord, have mercy on him. I would never say this, but it's my longing and your longing. I don't want decades of work and service to end up being burned because they're wood, grass, and stubble. Lord, train me to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. Two, if our work is part of this mutual constitution, God will regard our work as gold, silver, and precious stones which will consummate in the new Jerusalem. Oh, the prayer just rising up. Lord, grant this blessing to all of us, not just full-timers and co-workers and elders and leading brothers, to all of us. We all are being perfected unto the work of the ministry. May we all produce something that will become part, that will consummate in the new Jerusalem. See, as we endeavor to carry out the God-ordained way in the four steps of begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building, our work must be based upon the process and consummated triune God who is building himself into his chosen people and building them into him. We all know Brother Lee studied and labored and ministered and opened the way for the Lord to recover among us the God-ordained way in the steps of begetting through gospel preaching, through nourishing, in visiting the saints in homes, in perfecting in group meetings in homes, and building by prophesying in the church meetings. All of these outward practices are ordained by God. But it's possible we would separate even the God-ordained way with these practices from the intrinsic aspect of ministering God, the central work. How sad that would be to be outwardly scriptural and biblical. And in our view, according to all that we were taught, but no inner substance. The two go together. 
When we beget, we minister God. When we nourish, we minister the building God. When we are perfecting in mutuality, we're ministering the builded God. When we prophesy, we minister the building and builded God in mutuality in the church. D, if we minister the building and builded God to others for their growth in the divine life, we are building up the body of Christ, which will consummate the new Jerusalem. Then I read the next section. It's somewhat on the objective side, but it shows that part of our responsibility in the Lord's recovery is to correct the inaccurate teachings in traditional Christian, Christian theology and teach and propagate all the truths, including the high peak of the divine revelation. The Lord's burden given to us is that we bear the testimony of his recovery. And one of our main responsibilities is to refute and correct the defects and errors of traditional Christian theology. The people must know the truth in order to experience the reality communicated by the words of truth. In Ephesians, the revelation comes first, chapter 1. The experience comes after, chapter 3. We must present the truth concerning the economy of God, item by item, according to the entire Bible. This is the Lord's special commission to us. The culture in the Lord's in God's economy can be explained only with a spiritual and heavenly language. Therefore, we need to learn this new language that we may be able to express the divine truths in a crystallized way. If we have not learned the language, how can we communicate the central vision? the heavenly vision? How can we minister the building and builded God when we ourselves do not have that new heavenly language part of our being? It just comes out spontaneously. See, we need to release the truth that God became a man so that man may become God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. And then we need to release the truth concerning the new Jerusalem. Millions of believers week after week are being misled. The blind are leading the blind. They're told again and again the Father's house is in heaven. The Lord is building a nice house, a dwelling place for you. I read an article, someone is clearly teaching, or he's teaching, that the New Jerusalem is a material city, it's a gigantic pyramid, and we will all have an apartment in there forever. This is defrauding the believers. It's insulting God. 
It's wrongly representing God. We need to know the truth, the vision, and have the experience, the reality, to be able to unfold item by item to others God's New Testament economy and show them our goal is not heaven. Our goal is to become the wife of the redeeming God. That is the goal. D, we need to present the highest truth in order to protect the interest of the riches of God's divinity and the attainments of his consummation. There is such wealth, unsearchable wealth, unsearchable riches available to us. And God economically has passed through such a process with all of the steps to become economically the process and consummated triune God. He must be properly expressed and represented to the whole earth. He's just wrongly represented. We owe it to him to serve him so his name would be sanctified. His will would be done. People will know the truth concerning God and not reject a God that they were wrongly taught about. And this leads us to the last point and the last few minutes. The conference ends with the genuine and intrinsic gospel is that God intends to work himself in Christ into us. All the human beings you see are vessels created for this. We don't know who will respond, who might be chosen. We don't know. We should preach the gospel to anyone with whom we have contact and can share this in a proper way. We need to have such a heart. Lord, there are millions and millions of people in the United States now in the chaotic situation we're in and the evil things that are being taught in the public schools. People are denying God by denying you created male and female. Young adults, young children are being misled. Lord, release the highest gospel. We want to minister the building and build it God to fellow human beings. That they would be saved and join us in experiencing the central work of God. And then be built together with us as the eternal new Jerusalem. This is in God's heart. We don't stop with our own spiritual progress. Or just with the building up in the church we are in. We care for God's name to be sanctified. For him to be represented faithfully. And for this gospel to be announced throughout the inhabited earth, the whole earth. Hey, if we preach this gospel, we will tell others that they need Christ, the very God himself, to be wrought into their being.
Whenever we preach the gospel, we must believe that within man, there is a God-created ability to receive and understand this gospel. It's a lie when some say, this is too difficult. We shouldn't teach this that much in the church. It's too hard. We should preach something just simple and elementary to the people. No, I'm echoing Brother Lee's word. Within man, there is the God-created ability to receive and understand his gospel. No matter what their level of education is, they are able to receive a clear gospel message. One, we should not preach a gospel that has been lowered down to what we think is the level of people's understanding. We should preach an uplifted gospel and never lower the gospel. Man was created by God, and within man there's the ability to understand the things of God and a hunger for these things. Surely in your part of the country, in the cities and towns, in the places where you work, in the colleges and universities, there are countless numbers of hungry people, especially in these days. May this highest gospel reach more in your part of the country and may I have the blessing of your introducing so many new ones. And in a few years, many of them come flowing into the full-time training. And then I quote Brother Lee to finish the message, the outline, and the conference. Today's world needs a crusade with the preaching of the highest and fullest gospel. So this is the central vision of the completing ministry of Paul, the central work of God in carrying out his New Testament economy. We are experiencing the building and builded God. Then we are trained to minister the building and builded God to one another and to other believers who are open for fellowship. Then for the sake of God, we proclaim the truth and refute the error so his name will be sanctified on the earth. And also, and we conclude with this, we will preach the highest and fullest gospel until the time we are raptured. I know I'm a little long, but a verse comes to mind at the end of Revelation 22. The spirit and the bride say, come. Everything's ready. The Lord is ready to come. The spirit and the bride are one. Then there's a call. Whoever hears, let him come. If anyone thirsts, let him drink of the water of life freely. Even at the very end of this age, before, just before the great tribulation is about to begin, 
And the bride has made herself ready to satisfy the Lord's heart's desire. The Lord is still saying, thirsty ones, hear what the Spirit and the bride are saying. Come, come and drink. This is the heart of our God. Throughout the earth, may saints in the Lord's recovery every day experience the building and builded God personally. May we minister the building and builded God to one another mutually and corporately. May we represent the Lord truthfully and may we have a heart for the gospel to call the thirsty to come and drink of the river of water of life, inviting them to drink the processed and consummated triune God for the building up of the body of Christ. This is the central vision. This is the central work. May the Lord bless his recovery and these two central matters day by day and more and more. Unto him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.